podcast, um, a gaming rebellion production. And uh, tonight we're being well. We're uh, this is our first new episode with the gaming rebellion folks. And um, it, it, yeah. those guys you hear in there screaming in the background. It's we actually have an audience behind this. No, we don't have an audience. Just I'm just fucking around. But um, tonight we have with us here is Zach and Nate. Say hi, guys. Ooh. What's up? And um. So, we're just going to kick things off, uh, unless you guys want to introduce yourself separately and be like, eh, say what you do, why you're here, why you have toys on your table. Who is your daddy, and what does he do? <laughs> um, no, I'm, I like, I'm Nick. What's up, guys? Yeah. <laughs> he's Nate. He's the, uh, the graphic design, one of the graphic design gurus at Gaming Rebellion, yes. which he's happy about. And I'm Zach. I'm the founder, and, uh, you know, I guess the brains behind the operation whatever the heck you want to call it so yeah we're happy to uh happy to have this podcast been been looking for a podcast for a while now so this is exciting you know our inaugural episode yeah oh yeah and very I, cool i see a cat in the background uh, there's a do you have a cat nate do i have a cat yeah Sure looks like, yeah, sure looks like I got I got a I got a dog. That's a with dog. Really, really long hair. Yes. Oh, I'm so it's sorry. a dog that is in need of a haircut. I my dog swore long. that yeah. was a cat. Like I was like, oh, is that a cat? <laughs> hey, Ozzy, they're calling you a pussy. <laughs> and that's our that's our, our fourth member, the cat. That's a dog. Um, yeah, nice. cat the dog. Yeah, cat dog. Um, <laughs> let's get started with um with the show. Shall we, fellas? Uh, so we're going to be talking about um, the first thing here. I, could, I believe, Nate, you're the one that um, I believe you're, out of all of us, you're, you're the most excited about this, uh, Bloodborne, um, which is a game that's – which is uh, I don't know. Zach's pretty excited about it too. He just I, got it. I, in fact, you got a PS4 just for Bloodborne, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yes. <laughs> I just bought one the other day. <laughs> so that's dedication. That is dedication yeah. right there. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, I haven't, like – Play like either one, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Like I haven't. They're, they're the same people who made Dark Souls, right? But yeah, I guess I'm the one that should talk about Bloodborne because I've spent a good three or four hundred hours in the first three games. <laughs> yes. Demon Souls, Dark Souls, and Dark Souls Two. Um, so Demon what should Souls- we expect as far as like? Because hey, I, I stuck away from those specifically because of difficulty. So are, are like, I like them. <laughs> uh, it was, yeah, and so some people like that challenge. So, like, are we going to be expecting? You probably know a little bit more. Are we going to be expecting the same kind of difficulty level uh, in this? Or yeah, it's supposed to be even harder. Actually, um, they said the own uh, the uh, the guys who designed the game couldn't even handle New Game Plus. Apparently, like they wow. couldn't beat. Yeah, so it's that hard, um, which is great. You know, I I love. Uh, that's what drew me to that series in the first place was the difficulty, and I know it's not for everybody. You know, but um. Yeah, I think Demon Souls the original is still my favorite. And the original Demon Souls. Um, I guess there's more of a hub structure where you warp around the different areas as opposed to Dark Souls that was more uh, open world. I guess um, at least that's what I saw in one of the videos I was watching. I try not to watch too much because I don't want to spoil too much of the the game, you know. Mm. But I, I did watch one video <laughs> before this, but. Uh, yeah, last week I, I I was like I'm gonna buy a PS4, you know, because I want this game. <laughs> this yeah, finally a game that that uh, drew drew you know drove me to buy a PS4. So mm-hmm. it was this one, and I'm excited, man. It's uh, it, it looks really good. Yeah, we'll have some uh, videos in the description. Um, Lance will put that in there when, when this gets posted. Yeah. But 
when when I first watched uh, saw this, I, I didn't know it was um the same people from um uh, Dark Souls. So I was like, oh, okay. yeah, it kind of yeah from me. from from software, yeah. Uh, it kind of reminds well, me also, of um, Devil May Cry. Yeah, it does look like that. But also, I think it's of note um, the uh, the lead design. I think it was the lead designer or, or game uh, lead game designer that did Demon Souls and the first Dark Souls did this game. I think Dark Souls two he left and uh, someone else did it. But um, I think because he, he was working on this game, so it's the guy that did the first two games that that did this one. So, mm. which is good because they made some changes in Dark Souls two. A lot of people didn't like um, or at least had issues with. Same here. I, I like some of the things they changed, but there was other uh, things that uh, kind of bugged me. Um, I actually had a harder time with Dark Souls 2, 2 than I did with uh, the first two games. So, Now, I heard with this goes. one, as far as the co-op goes, uh, in the last couple games, if I'm not mistaken, because like I said, I didn't play those personally, um, but I did hear that in the last games, if you wanted to have some sort of co-op where your buddy can join in, you also had to open yourself up to other people invading you and trying to come and kill you. Um, I heard that in this one, you'll be able to password protect your server or something. So that way, if you want to play co-op, you can give your password to a buddy and only they would be able to get into your game. Um, so I think they're working a little bit on some of it. Like that was another thing that really turned me off. I loved watching the streams to dark souls too. Um, but when other people would just hop in to be like, hey, I'm here to kill you, guess what? I have nothing to do with you, but I'm coming to kill you. And it's like that kind of turned me off just a little bit more because I was like, wow, that's just – that's horrible. Like you're in the middle of trying to do something, and it's like, nope, now i got to deal with this a-hole. Well, yeah, that was part, that's part of, the, part of the fun for me. Uh, I think it worked better in the original – the first Dark Souls. Dark Souls 2, it wasn't as much fun. I'm not sure why. I just didn't – I don't know. Maybe uh, – they changed something, you know, but in the first one, it worked really well um, in Dark Souls, the first Dark Souls, I thought anyway. Um, but, yeah, I wasn't aware about the password protection thing. That's that's interesting. I didn't hear about that. Um, although I did hear that you, I thought you would still be able to – you were still going to get invaded. But uh, I don't know. Like I said, I, I don't know enough uh, to really say one way or another. But either way, I'm excited. You know? Yeah, either way, it looks awesome. Like I said before, I got pulled away. We got those videos that are going to be up in the description. And some of these are all IGN first videos. Um, but they show some of the, like, one of them is this huge giant boss um, that is just, it's like wicked looking. It's like this half wolf, half skeleton type deal. And then there's like another video showing some of the mini bosses and other enemies. And, I mean, it looks insane. Like, it looks like every corner you're going to turn around, you're going to be like, what the hell is that? You know what I mean? Um, so I'm super excited, even though, like, I'm a puss when it comes to – I'm totally the guy that I put it on easy. I put a game on easy so I can uh, fly through it. Hey, listen. You're the, you're the opposite of me, man. I'm just saying. Like, yeah, I have friends that they – as soon as they load into a game, they'll put it on the hardest setting possible. Yeah, and I, and I know a lot of people like that, but um, – I've been getting better to my defense. I have been playing a lot on normal lately. So in my defense, that's a step in the right direction. But I am the kind of guy that I like to I, – I, the whole point to me of video game is I want to be a god. I want to be this guy that runs through and just, you know. Um, but, you know, to each is his own. But, yeah, Bloodborne looks freaking well, insane. So I'm, I'm looking at um, one of the videos here, and I see that he actually fights the rats of New York City. 
That actually makes a lot of sense. Soft-ass huge rat. He fights three rats. Like, I shit you not, like, I live in New York City, so it's like I've seen rats maybe, let's see, a quarter of their size. So, and they're pretty big in this game. So. Yeah. <laughs> You've never seen no dog-sized rat, Lance. Um, I've seen a cat-sized rat I find rat that hard before. to believe. Yeah. No, I've seen a cat-sized rat before. I've seen one. But uh, it looks, rat. That's it like looks, the rats of unusual size from, uh, from uh, what is that? Princess Bride? Yeah. <laughs> R-O-T-S, rats of unusual, or R-O-U-S. Ah, okay. Unusual uh, size. Yes. Anyway. Yeah, but uh, that's pretty, it looks, it looks pretty good. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm probably going to pick it up. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to pick it up day one, but I uh, will be picking it up. You know, it's, it's decent. Even my girlfriend, so I showed her some of the um, video. Of it, and she's uh, pretty impressed. She's like, "Oh, that's cool. and she's not. I mean, she's becoming a gamer herself. Well, she was always a gamer, but she's like getting back into it. So, like, for her to be impressed with this particular game, I was, it was kind of a shock. I was like, "Oh, that's pretty cool." Yeah. Oh yeah, the art style is really good, and really, it's really gothic looking. You know, mm-hmm. I really like that. I like the art style a lot. I'm glad they went in that direction. Mm-hmm. A lot of the a lot of the buildings got that Victorian kind of look. The real, yeah. it's like yeah. a lot of brass, a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of really interesting colors and textures and stuff like that. So yeah, it looks the 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 world is going to be like extremely fun to just explore and you know see all the sights and stuff. So sounds good. So let's move on here so, to our next topic on the list is um. We're going to be talking about some Australians. Anybody ever been to Australia before? Nope. I've been close. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been I to Indo- on, Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I lived on Saipan and Guam, which was in the middle of Australia and uh, Japan, yeah. but that's about as close as I that's got. Right. So. Yeah. I've been to Indonesia, down to Bali, so I was really close, but not quite. <laughs> oh, dude, I heard so many crazy stories about Bali. That's another podcast, but I heard crazy stories about Bali when I was in Yeah, Sa- Bali is, uh, I, I'd really like to go back there. It's one of the one of the best places I've ever been to <laughs> on Earth by far. You got $7, you will live like a king in Bali. Really? It was really cheap. Yeah, it is really cheap. Anywhere in Indo is, is cheap, at least when I was there about, you know, God, it was 15 years ago. But, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, like, these guys in Australia here are doing some very interesting stuff um, with um, clothing car receipts, where, I don't know if you guys can see the link, it's pretty yep. gnarly. <laughs> it looks like the Batman suit in real life. And they're using it to, like, um, have these gladiator-type fights um, for whatever reason. I guess they just, I guess, you know, Australia's into fighting gladiators. (laughs) Who knew that that was a thing down there? But the thing that really caught my eye was just the design of these suits are just insane. Uh, Especially if you look at one of the pictures that's, like, further down in the article. um, There's a guy holding on two axes, and the back of the suit is just... It looks like something you see in a movie, you know, not something that's, oh, this is attainable. I can actually have this, you know, if I wanted to be a professional carbon fiber uh, fighting guy or whatever. Um, Like, seriously, that's as close as we're going to get to just bringing the Coliseum back from Rome days. I mean, it's like, uh, I mean, people watch, people used to watch wrestling like WWE. There's still a lot of fans, um, but people used to watch that to get their violent fix. 
And then UFC came out, and people were like, well, bump that. These guys really beat each other up, you know what I mean? And uh, I, I always thought that the only way that could get more violent is if they just gave the UFC fighter weapons. Like, <laughs> oh, here you go. Here's some weapons. Here's an axe. Do something with that. Um, but, yeah, like, this just seems like the next evolution. I, I would not – depending on how popular it gets, because I know there was, like, this jousting-type deal where they wore the same type of suits – um, and it was like a jousting competition. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering if this is just going to be a fad or if this is actually going to turn into something that's like, um, I, I don't know, it could be really big. It would be cool to see people just go at it with like one person's got this big broadsword and another person's got two little axes or something. I mean, that's what you see on movies and stuff, but yeah. something tells me it just like, it would be cool for like five minutes. And then when you see that it's like not flips and, you know, bedazzle and all that, it'd just be boring after a while, but it's, well, it's a cool concept though. I love this. It story. is. It is a cool concept. I'm looking at it and, um, I just have my doubts about how those suits could hold up against a real axe or a real sword. It looks like the stuff they're using is blunt. Like those axes that you can look, you see the tips, they're blunt. You know, they're not really sharp. Yeah. So, you know, I want to see some real uh, some real weapons. Yeah, the guy's got nunchucks. Another guy's got a bow. It looks like, uh, you know, it's it's cool. But, uh, you know, I, like I said, I have my doubts as to whether uh, <laughs> they'll actually – the suits will actually hold up to real weapons, you know, like actual sharp weapons. That's what I'd like to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, a, there's a bit of technology behind the suit from what I can tell from the videos and just reading an article. Like um, they, they have sensors in like certain hit points where – I guess you know in, in Jousting, yeah, like yeah. So you like you, I guess you win by hit points and shit. So and there's like a computer That's on the crazy. side that tells you how many points you've gotten to hit to the strike to the head, strike to the torso, strike to the legs or whatever. And so you get more accurate um, readings and see who wins a match this way. But I somebody I, during mid match is gonna go lightning bolt, lightning bolt, <laughs> lightning bolt. That's ten HP, bro. It's like. <laughs> Well, maybe they'll have a uh, you know maybe they'll have a, a taser in their hand or something you know. Yeah. <laughs> my my thing is awesome. with with the from the video that they're showing and everything like that and just the uh, the um what the, everything is like is this suit comfortable like is it going to be that's my only question is like is it breathable. Am I going to sweat my ass off? You're going to sweat your ass off. And it's going to be uncomfortable. And, I mean, like, and to kind of tie into this story, we had another topic, the the guy that developed the bat suit. Um, And that one looked comfortable. Like, since we're talking about comfortability, I mean, that was... The only thing they're missing is a cape. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, like, well, some of them don't look that bad. Like, some of these high-grade suits, and and this guy who made this bat suit, this full-on bat suit, claims that it can withstand baseball bats, machetes, and uh, a couple other objects. Like, the machetes is what I would be interested to see. Yeah, exactly. Let let me have a machete and take a couple whacks and see if your arm's still there. You know what I mean? Well, the the Batsuit guy didn't have – it it looked like it was just chest armor. It didn't look like he had it on his arms and legs, at least from what I can tell from the pictures. It looks like from – I'm looking at the picture now. There are some – armor around his arms with the you know the three little blades i guess yeah they're called and he like he does on the block yeah Yeah. and he has armor on his his shins as well but between like his like thigh and his side body i don't know i mean unless there's like other padding or maybe that's just for you know the look 
That's like your most vulnerable part. Like yeah, that that helmet that helmet looks ridiculous, man. His, his Batman helmet it does not look good <laughs> it at does. all. Yeah, God, it does. I love the picture of him standing there trying to look all badass. Yeah, and looking it's like, stoic. Dude, you look like you're late for Comic Con. That's what you. Oh, look you know. Like. Sorry. I wanted to bring something up with this discussion. Have you guys ever heard of Phoenix Jones? Phoenix Jones. Phoenix Jones. He's that's that name sounds familiar. That's the re- he's the real life superhero guy who lives in Seattle that oh. has his own. Has his own his own crime fighting syndicate. Have you have you, have you heard of him? If you haven't, no. look him up. He's uh, he he records a lot of his uh, his patrols he goes on with his other guys. They're all in full costume. You know, they go out literally. It's cool, man. Like he's actually stopped a lot of crimes. You know, this guy. He's a he's a big buff dude. You know, and he uh, you know it's like his passion in life. It's pretty cool. I think he's in. I think he does MMA fighting too now. Actually, wow. like he fights. I just also. see that ending horribly. Yes. Like I see that him being like, hey. You drop those drops. <laughs> like get shit. <laughs> He's just he has, like you can't. I think look. his costume looks badass though. Actually, yeah, his costume I think is bulletproof. Um, parts oh. of it. His face. But, uh, is- He's he's oh. been doing it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he's been doing it for a number of years. So he's you know, five, at least five years, I think now. So you know, yeah, yeah. I thought I'd bring that up because it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's yeah. How is he not like a, you know, <laughs> how is he not like a character in a comic book somewhere? Because looking at I all know, these pictures. I think, I think some. I think they have. I think I'm pretty sure there's fan art, and I'm pretty sure someone did do a comic with him in it. Uh, I think I'm not sure, but yeah. If you Google Google image of man, he's he got an act. I think he has. Yeah, act, I, I, I just see one right here. It looks pretty bad. <laughs> like his suit is actually pretty yeah. impressive. Like yeah, you know, for yeah. It's like a real life vigilante. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. They caught him in an interview there in full full costume there, sitting in a radio studio. <laughs> yeah, he's. That, that's really cool. cool, man. Yeah. I'd be interested to see how the local authorities react to his. It's, it's mixed. Yeah, it's mixed. A lot, of, a lot of them don't like him, but then there's ones that, that do, I think. But I know he, he does take a lot of shit from the cops if he gets, you know, if he gets in the way or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I would imagine it's just um, something you don't, uh, you know, everybody, you know, cops are like, let me try and take our jobs from us, Mike. Well, some, took of, our some, some, of, some of you guys are kind of shitty with doing it, but. <laughs> yeah. No, his, his wife is a. Uh, his wife's a, a crime fighter too. I guess I think her name's Purple Rain, but they got pictures of her there with him too. They both go out patrol. That's yeah, Purple Rain. Cool. Yeah, Purple yeah. Rain. <laughs> she looks. She looks kind of like. If I'm not mistaken, are, is she uh, has purple hair? Yeah, purple hair. Ah, um, yes. Yeah, that's her. Yeah, there's a picture of them by look, what looks like a metro. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yep. Very, very nice. She looks like uh, she looks like uh, who is it? Is it Molina from Mortal Kombat? One of the Mortal Kombat characters. She looks like. Yeah. <laughs> now, what city is this guy based out of? Seattle. Seattle. Yep. Okay. So I'm not, the, not the most violent city in the country. By that's what I was wondering because I was like, let's go drop him into a place where D- he Detroit. might actually <laughs> piss off an organized crime figure. Put him in, uh, in in Miami. Uh, LA and the, uh, you know, know it's it's almost Detroit. like a kick-ass scenario it's like yeah you can you can yeah. run around and do that that vigilantes type stuff but eventually you're gonna piss off the wrong guy and and whether he stabs you or or you know whatever may go down I mean you know anyway yeah that, I mean more power to him but at the same time it's like you gotta wonder if he's all there man I'm sorry that's like I don't know man if Batman was real I would look at Batman like what are you doing dude what are you doing why hey doing? man, don't be don't be shit don't be shitting on my parade here. Hey, I'm not. I'm not. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> I know. It's awesome. It's, uh, I mean, you're playing devil's advocate. That's cool. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think they're like um, there's a um, there's a comic book uh, Ex Machina. 
uh, you should got it should definitely be that. It like it talks about how impractical it is to be a superhero in real life, you know. And it's about this guy who something you know went off and gave him this like ability to control certain weapons. Um, and he he somehow became the mayor of New York City. <laughs> so, and one of his from what I've read so far, like one of his big crises is dealing with um, the snow. <laughs> dealing with like the snow. clouds out there and everything like that, and it's a pretty interesting book. Like, it, like it, it definitely delves into that whole, you know, being a real life person and having a real life job, and they're like, oh, I can do all this extra shit, but I can't really go do it because there's so many laws in the way. <laughs> and, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, definitely, yeah, I would say definitely pick up that smart thing. It's a pretty cool, cool book. Um, cool. But uh, let's move on, fellas, to uh, next. Next topic, her, you know. So if you guys want to check out, you know, oh yeah, we should mention the guy who created the the, the Batman like suit. Yeah, he's uh, shooting at um, Sylvester University. Um, so he's doing really? something there. And uh, cool. so next up on the topic here is a bit, you know, sad. Um, if you've been under a rock, and you know, or you're just heartless, I don't care who you are. I don't even care if you like Star Trek or not, but we'll talk a little bit about Leonard Nimoy. And, um, you know, he recently, everybody knows by now, he recently passed of, um, I believe he was uh, battling cancer, if I'm not mistaken. It wasn't cancer. It was uh, it was something related to, to smoking, but um, mm. uh, I can't even remember what it was. It wasn't cancer, though, but it was something, something similar. Mm. Respiratory failure, something like that. Oh, so something to do with the lungs. It, it was a respiratory disease, yeah, that, that you get from years of smoking. I know he smoked for, I think, 50 years or something. Yeah. Um, he quit quit about 20 years ago, but he, he, you know, he said it, you know, was too little, too late. But you know, he still made it to 83, so you know, he can't yeah, really. Yeah, uh, had an illustrious career. I mean, if you yeah. look at his IMDb, I mean, it, you know, it dates back to 51. And he was born in 31, so, I mean, you, you have to think that by the time he got his first role, he had already been acting prior to that as well. So to get his first role at 20 and then to be in the industry for, you know, 62, 63 years, um, just amazing. You know what I mean? And so. he's done voiceovers for video games as well, which is really cool, like Kingdom Hearts yeah. 3D, Dream Drop um, Distance. He has I like think uh, Civ Four. I think he did uh, the voiceover. I think it was Civ Four, Civilization Four. Yep. He did all the voiceovers. Yep. Tran- Transformers, two Transformers movies, the original, uh, the original cartoon, and then the, uh, the what was it? The third Transformers. I think he did also. Dark Side of the Moon, I believe. Yeah, Dark yeah. Side of the Moon. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, just a, just a crazy, uh, you know, he's one of those guys that. You wish, as a nerd, you could just sit down and have a beer with and just let him, just let the knowledge flow. You know what I mean? Like, he just had that kind of presence, you know? Um, I mean, aside from just making Mr. Spock legendary, you know, he's just done so much to contribute to nerd culture in in general. You know what I mean? It's like, it's losing, you know, like, if we were a MTV podcast, it would be like losing... I don't know, some, you know, Madonna or something, like some crazy figure that's been around forever, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, it, it, you know, I definitely didn't, like, cry or anything. I'm not that kind of person. But <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, oh, no, really? You know what I mean? Like, it really kind of impacted me. Like, dang, Leonard Nimoy, man, that's 
It's just yeah, guy, guy seemed immortal, you know? Yeah, really, uh, yeah. I figured he'd be around into his 90s for sure. It's really, that's why I was really bummed. I was like, damn it, I want another 10 or 15 years with this guy, you know, you doing know? stuff. Yeah. yeah, it was a bummer. But, you know, it is what it is. He's, he's lived long and prospering in the sky now. Yep, that's what everyone's been saying. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh... Even his final his final tweet was really good too. I don't I don't know it offhand, but it was very poetic and it was very fitting as his basically his final words. You know, he did it like I think the day before he died or something. You know, yeah, so. like a couple of days before. Um, yeah, like he knew. Uh, yeah, he knew he knew it was coming. Yeah, um, it's sad, man. But I, you know, I hope uh, you know my my prayers go out to his family, um, and I hope that. He was at peace, you know what I'm saying? And and from what you're saying with the Twitter, it kind of sounds like he was a little bit. So, you know, it's kind of good for us to keep that in mind that, you know, um, it's something he knew was coming. It's something he had been fighting for a while, and um, he just lost the battle, you know what I mean? But, you know, he left such a legacy that we, I mean, it's not like his name is going anywhere. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure 20, 30 years from now, people will still know who Leonard Nimoy was just off the top of their head. For sure. So, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, me personally, um, I've been watching Star Trek from since I was a kid, and uh, you know, even the black and white ones, you know, and um, all the way up to that terrible one with um, Scott Bakula. <laughs> but it's, uh, <laughs> and I really do enjoy the last set of movies that, especially see him showing up as Spock uh, Prime. That was huge treat for me. Like you know, seeing the first one that J.J. Abrams did and just seen him on screen with like you know the younger version of himself I was like oh shit this is geeking out I just couldn't now I do have to ask because I am not that big of a Trekkie at least as for the original series what is the difference between Mr. Spock and Spock Prime like is Spock Prime after the incident in one of the movies it's just it's just shit that they made up for a new movie pretty much oh, okay. yeah right. it's, it's not really you know I thought that was like his super a lot of, Saiyan form or something a lot of hardcore <laughs> starts yeah a lot of hardcore Star Trek people took issue with the new movies you know because they they went away from canon they you know they blew up Vulcan they did all this other stuff and I didn't really care about that I, I liked I liked the movies I particularly liked In the Darkness that one I enjoyed a lot um, that's the one people seem to bitch about the most but I, I liked it I don't, yeah I but, thought uh, Edward Cumberbatch did an amazing job yeah he was good he was good yeah. I really enjoyed seeing the Klingons again yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah they flipped that whole thing on its head which I, which I liked you know but I know hard hardcore Star Trek people were just you know complaining about it Quite, Get over but it. They were good. I'm movies. a hard. I'm a hardcore Star Trek person. It didn't really bother me. You know, yeah, they were just, great. I didn't mind. Like I thought, you gotta you gotta embrace change and embrace bringing something into the future. You know, this yeah. is the way I see like, it. You know, mo- modernizing it. Yep. I mean, it's like okay. I'm, I love Star Trek, so I've been watching. I've seen. I, I think I have most of the old movies on Blu-ray right now in a box set, and they they were made in the time of you know for what it is. And, you know, different directors and stuff like that. J.J. Abrams, obviously, is a completely different person when it comes to taking these franchises. And um, Which, by the way, I think he has too, many, he has too much power. And he's yeah. pretty much been <laughs> like Star Wars. Well, that's, well that's, why the whole, that's why the whole Star Wars uh, deal kind of went sour. Like, he's directing the first one, mm. but he's not directing the next two. Because, you know, supposedly the rumors were that he wanted too much power. And... And and Disney was like, no, we're going to get somebody else to direct the next two. You know, that's that's the rumors anyway. In all honesty, though, in all honesty, I would much rather have J.J. Abrams be the supreme dictator over <laughs> Star Wars than Disney, simply for the fact that the reason well, 
you see characters as bad as Jar Jar is because that was George Lucas's attempt to draw in that younger audience and try and give some kind of comedic background. Like in the first three movies, you see C three PO kind of filled that role. Um, you know, the him and R 2s antics were kind of the the comic relief, uh, right. so to speak. And then you know, with Jar Jar, everybody. I mean, Jar Jar is just so renownedly hated, um, yeah. but like. George I like, Lucas. Yeah, I like the prequels. I can't even defend Jar Jar, though. Yeah, <laughs> really no, can. I mean, and, and, and Lucas <laughs> said he specifically put that character in there. Um, and what uh, maybe it might have been you, Zach. Somebody told me recently that Jar Jar j- died in the original uh, cut of it. That, like, in the, uh, in the <laughs> scene. Yeah, in the scene where they go underwater and they're trying to flee that big thing that's chasing them or something. Uh-huh. Um, in the original script. Jar Jar's character like freaks out and like leaves the ship and like gets eaten by this thing, and that's how it should have went. Like that's how it should have went. Well, like, he basically died anyway because he was barely in the next two movies. So I well, think Lucas got the message. He was in there enough that. to fuck he, the whole galaxy. I mean, he was in there enough to give the supreme, uh, the emperor, supreme leader, chancellor thing, whatever. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it was enough to fuck the whole. Game. He's like, I'm a, I'm so only here for a minute, sir, but. I give him power, sir, and you're fucked, sir. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, true. He actually, he actually lives on in um, what's the what's the series they had on uh, Clone Wars, the series. Clone Wars, yeah. And um, yeah, I watched that entire yeah. thing, which is it's, it. It was great in the beginning, kind of in the like in the middle, and then you know, but you do see Jar Jar. I, I wouldn't say a lot, but the scenes and different stuff that they give him. Um, He's pretty much useless most of the time, a bumbling yeah. idiot. I, I think, you know, the reason, well, my only theory for, like, having Jar Jar in Star Wars was to have this kind of weird, I wouldn't even say cute character, but just, like, this character that you can sell toys of. And it's, it's yeah, it's one of those things, and then it's also, like, I think J.J. Abrams has the opportunity to kill off Jar Jar in the opening scenes of this new movie. Like, and he could do it tastefully. <laughs> like, he wasn't he he wasn't in 4, 5, and 6, obviously. So, uh, you know, they could have it so that Jar Jar went off to some distant planet to live out his days, and the next time we see him, he's on his deathbed, and he's imparting, like, he he's imparting some stupid, hilarious, you know, information onto somebody, and then he dies. And... <laughs> People who actually liked that character, the very small number of people. The, I don't know anyone that does. I was going to say, a, but it's at least a respectful death for anybody who might like that character. I think I think that JJ is just going to ignore most of what happened in the prequels and just stick to. Uh, they tried. You know. In fact, they tried to. If I'm not mistaken, they officially tried to say the first three movies didn't happen. That that was part of their own thing, and that four, five, and six was where we're going to go from. Um, but I personally believe that they could not only kill off Jar Jar, which is one thing that they could do to, to just make fans happy across the board, but they could also fix the Metachlorian thing really easily. Uh, that was another really big thing with a lot of Star Wars fans when George Lucas said, no, it's not, the Force isn't some mystical thing that anybody can use. Uh, you either have Metachlorians or you don't. Yeah, that didn't bother me. I didn't really care about that. Some people, I mean, I know, I there are people that, that definitely just, were crazy oh, about it. Yeah, dude. And yeah, he it was a bit of that uh, in one... You know, he can fix that in one setting. He can just have it so that there's there's a child character that wants to be a Jedi. They test them for metachlorians, and they're like, sorry, you don't have any fucking metachlorians. You can't be a Jedi. And at the end of the movie, 
he's looking at something, starts to levitate, black screen. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> sixes it, done, dada. J.J. Abrams, if you're listening to this, you can have that because I'm telling you, like, you could fix it in an instant. You know what I mean? So. Uh, yeah, that's, that was kind of weird when about the medical thing, but um, I'm not going to. We started on Leonard Nimoy, how we got to Star Wars. I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> we got it's to my fault. Sorry, Mr. Nimoy. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mentioned J.J. Abrams and, you know. Yeah, and then, uh, then <laughs> yeah. That's true, the J.J. Abrams thing but, that I brought um, up Star Wars. Yeah, it's my fault. Yeah, <laughs> it's Lance's <all>. fault. <laughs> it's all. my fault. Damn. Um, Tangents. But um, yeah, it's it's very sad that you know, you know, he lived a very full life, um, little new boy, and um, you know, I wish him and you know, well, I wish his family the best in everything, and uh, you know, it's uh, one of the greats. Gone. So, all right, let's move on to another topic, uh, something a little bit more upbeat and fun. Um, we're going to talk about uh, Toejam and Earl um, Back in the Groove Kickstarter by Human Nature Studios. Uh, at this point, it is not fully funded. It is about mm, a little under $100,000 out. But, you know, there's eight more days to uh, get into this. Uh, you know, so I would say definitely support if you were a fan back in the day. And you know what I'm man. Come on. Yeah. yeah, I saw some of the uh, the the on the Kickstarter itself the actual like prizes that you get. Uh, well, not prizes, but the the stuff that you get for contributing and stuff. Some of that was like some awesome nerd swag. Like, uh, yeah, the yeah, figurines I, for sure, man. Yeah, like I wanted to donate just to get the figurines. Unfortunately, there are no, as far as I know, there are no Toji Mineral figurines uh, that have ever been created. So that that's really? why a lot of people were. I saw those and I was like, ooh, yeah. I don't think they were ever. Well, I could be wrong. Maybe back in the mid '90s when they were popular, maybe. But yeah, um, did a. I know you're a, you're a Sega boy. You weren't a Sega boy, Nate. But Lance, have you had any experience with the games or no? Um, just the, um, well, yeah, I played the, the first, well, the first, uh, the only one that I've ever actually got my hands on was, um, one that my cousin owned on, um, I forgot what system it was on, Jesus Christ. Sega. Um, it, was, it was either on, it was either on, it was either on Genesis or Xbox. Those are the only two platforms it's been on, so. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, Sega, the original game. Yes, it was Sega Genesis, yes, now I remember, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, my cousin had one, and, you know, I played it. You know, he just he just had it in the corner. I was just like, oh, what's that? You know, as I start playing that, every time I'll go over by his house, that's all I would play because uh, I thought it was cool. pretty cool. Uh, so what did Miss uh, what what did Mr. Johnson like? Why did he want to revive this? Why like because you did an extensive interview, and we're gonna have yeah. that also in the description. So please check out that interview. Yeah. Um, but like, why did he say he wanted to bring this back now? Basically, uh, because of all the retro love that's going on in the last, I don't know, I guess it's probably about the last five years, maybe, things have really started going. Uh, people are becoming interested in these older games again. And uh, so the last Toe Jam and Earl game was came out in 2002 on the Xbox, which was a really odd platform for it to come out on after being on the Genesis. But that's a whole other story. But um, he just, uh, he was getting, starting to get feedback from people, you know, because he's, he's always been, he's created games for 30 some years, you know, and he's never stopped working on games and he just, he's, he's felt the time was right, you know, and it was a happy coincidence that I got in touch with him right before the Kickstarter, you know, um, for another article I was doing and he was like, oh, we got a new Toe Jam Earl coming, you know, and then it just one thing led to another and next thing I know I'm interviewing the guy. So it was, yeah, it, he felt it was just time and, you know, Toe Jam Earl are like his his children, you know, they're like, his, they're his creations. That's how he feels about them. You know, they're very, very special in his life. And all the, uh, 
all the support from the fans, you know, the diehards like me, because <laughs> I'm definitely one of them, you know, it's really motivated them to do it, you know, and I'm pretty sure the Kickstarter is going to succeed. It's, there's still a ways to go, but it's about 80% right now. So it's, it's close, you know, it's, uh, I, I think we'll do it. I'm going to, what happens if, uh, you know, what happens if worse, absolute worse, they don't meet the goal, are they still going to be able to, make it or i don't know I'm, I'm not sure what his plans are in that case because i've mentioned that to him and said hey you know you could just go to indiegogo if this doesn't work and, and recoup most of the money you know yeah. easily yeah. all the same people will donate and blah 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 but i'm not sure what he's planning on doing he made it sound like this was it you know if it doesn't succeed then it's probably not going to happen but i don't know there you know but guys probably said it on kickstarter uh, you know because they want people to fund it you know but yeah it's uh, a he's a I thought it was a bit of a like um, a gamble to go with Kickstarter because I don't if I you know if people yeah. know how Kickstarter works is if you don't if you're not funded you don't get any money pretty much and uh, yeah and that and there's a yeah. there's a negative negative stigmata towards Kickstarter now in the last couple of years people just get tired of it you know because a lot of a lot of guys you know like Peter Molyneux and other a lot of other guys haven't delivered on their promises so people are getting jaded about it you know starting to yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. I mean, it's especially like you said with the retro craze that's kind of been happening in the past couple of years. Um, it's awesome to see titles like this getting revamped and getting you know yeah. brought out. So um, definitely, guys, if you guys can head over to Kickstarter and uh, fund that, we're going to have a link in the description. Um, definitely head over there, check it out, support it if you can. Like I said, you get some really cool nerd swag if you can do that. So um, do that yeah. as soon as you can. One yeah. of the pledge levels is like I think that the highest one you can go is about ten grand or something like that. Which there are like two people. There's, yeah, I noticed that there are two people that have donated the ten grand. Dude, I would if I if I had the money, dude. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. If I had a million bucks in the bank, I'd be like, here you go, man. I'll fund the whole game myself. Whatever, <laughs> you know. Here you go. But you know, I can't. Obviously, I'm sure that's how a lot of the Toshiyama Earl fans are diehards, man. They're really. That's why I think even if it doesn't quite reach its goal, even if it doesn't reach it, it'll get damn close. I think it'll be enough to be like, okay, how can we make this happen anyway, you know? Yeah. So, I, But I'm pretty positive it's going to make it, you know, and I really think it, the, the last couple of days I think are going to be nuts. I think – I know IGN just did an article. I think uh, Game uh, GameSpot's going to do one. Um, a couple other big publications maybe that will probably help it along, you know. And I know Greg told me today he's got about seven interviews lined up this week. Nice. So he's really he's really – he's really going to town we, you know we talk pretty much daily we, we communicate over email you know just filling each other on what's going on and i'm trying to do my best to, to help him you know i'm going to be promoting all week i've, I've got my hootsuite all set up with twitter with tweets about toji Amaro all week with links to the kinks kickstarter you know nice so, nice yeah, yeah so fine. yeah gotta make it happen it's looking that. cool, man. It's looking like the the screenshots that I've seen. Um, and, and at one time, has he settled on a final art style for the no. characters? No, it's well, still not, not really. It's still, I mean, that style. He has settled on like a '90s comic book style. But mm -hmm. what you see is it's such a rough draft. It's such a, and he's emphasized this a lot. He said, "Look, he's like we threw this together in three months. What you see, this this game demo, and he's like this is a pre pre alpha build. You know, yeah. Because yeah. a lot of people, a lot of uh, people have been." questioning that about the art and the you know the way the game looks and you know people got to realize that you know it's that's not the not even close to what the final game is you know oh yeah oh yeah and see well see that's what a lot of people don't understand when they see yeah. these slices from whether it's these big conventions like you know pax or e3 you see these slices of a video game 
and um, it's awesome. It's 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 got to be much easier on an Indian developer, at least as far as pushing your own deadlines and um, stuff like that. But when you have these big corporations that show up to these these events with their game, um, sometimes you're seeing such a small slice. It's almost like it's borderline immoral to show those slices because it, it, yeah. it like those uh, it, the the final product could just be so much different. I mean, case in point, Alien Colonial Marines. Like there was uh, there was a bunch of stuff that they showed where that just looked awesome, and then when the game came out, it was just such crap. Everybody was like, "This is ridiculous." There's me. So. Yeah, there's memes out there now about uh you know I, I forget what game it was, but there was one where it said, "This is what the game looks like at E3," and then it showed a picture of like a ps1 game like this is what it looks like after e3 on release <laughs> yeah pretty much. Yep. yeah so but i mean you know i'm like from what i saw from all the artwork and stuff that i saw um it's definitely one of those games that uh i i hope to be able to play i hope it gets the funding um i do have a question is he going to be now is this see with the retro craze uh and and i didn't really play the original toe jam and earl so how is is it like Mega Man, where it's like if you don't if you don't get all the way to the end of the level, you die and you have to go back to the beginning? Or is he no. kind of updating mechanics a little bit, or how is that? No, no, it's nothing like that. Um, okay. Well, the first game and the second game are completely different types of games. Um, the first game is more everyone keeps he keeps calling it a roguelike um, because the levels are all, are all randomly generated. Um, it's never the same game twice, and uh, but it's just funny you mentioned dying going back to the beginning because that's what happens in a roguelike. But in this one, you don't. You have lives, and when you die, you just respawn where you are, basically. Gotcha. So it's not – the game can be hard if you don't know what you're doing, but it's not that hardcore. I'd say that the second game is a traditional 2D platformer like you're used to seeing, like a, like a Mario game. you know. But the first game was not like that at all. It was isometric, um, big sprawling, like I said, random levels uh, to explore uh, – just a, a very different for its time, you know, which is why I think it's still got such a following even today, you know. But that's what they're going for is the game one look and feel of that original, you know, the original game. Okay. And I did see that if they, you know, right now they're they're trying to hit their mark for, you know, making the base game and stuff like that. And I saw that had they raised a certain amount, they were going to try and bring it to multiple platforms. So I think that'll happen. I think that'll happen anyway. Even if okay. it, I think if it gets funded, I think – you know, I just talked with Greg too uh, about the, uh, the the Kickstarter levels because I personally I think it was a mistake for him to don't tell him I said this to. Uh, <laughs> I hope he doesn't hear this. <laughs> a lot of well, this is the only criticism I will level his way. Is the only thing I got no problems with anything else. And a lot of people have been mentioning this that I think the Kickstarter tiers like where they the way they did it with the consoles it kind of demotivated people to donate you know before he was like well if we can we'll bring it to consoles and it wasn't a, it wasn't a goal i think he should have just left it that way and made the stretch goals something else you know that way even people that wanted to play it on another platform wouldn't have thought oh the game has to make it to eight hundred thousand for me to play it on the Wii. you know it's like or you know six hundred thousand played on the ps4 but like i said even even if that's even if they they get the funding say they go say in a year they go to seeing green light they go to uh, you know early access. They can make more money that way. Then they can use that to port the consoles. You know, there's a lot of different a lot of different uh, avenues like they have to, to go. You know, so I think if the game's successful and it's actually made, they'll get at the consoles somehow. Oh yeah, I mean it, it's just one of those uh, like even if you've never played it, you've heard of Toe Jam or Earl, and yeah, and I think exactly. it's you know it's yeah it's, it's just one of those games that. Um, and I, I kind of agree with you because I, I kind of felt the same way when I was looking at the projections for, you know, if we raise this much, we'll bring it to PS4. And 
um, you know, as somebody that doesn't play a bunch of computer games um, or, or iOS games, you know, it was it was a little disheartening because it was like, ah, oh, well, you know, I want to play it and I want to support it, but God. You know, but I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, as long as people know that, that it, it is potentially going to be ported over regardless um, of how much it, it's raised initially. Um, that's definitely something sure. that's, that people should. This is just this is just my own hunch. I don't he didn't say this to me, but I, that's just based on what I know about the games industry. And, and, you know, I keep up with Steam and a lot of the early access stuff and the way those work. And it, this is how there's a lot of Kickstarter projects. Um, Richard Garriott's uh, Shroud of the Avatar was one. Um, I don't know if you know anything about that, but that was launched a couple of years ago on Kickstarter, raised like a million, two million dollars or something for this game. Wow. And they, they ended up going to Steam, uh, Steam Greenlight and Early Access, and they're making more money that way, you know. So not only that, but the developers can open Patreon accounts. Uh, they can go back to Indiegogo if they need more money for other features, and people will give it. I'll donate more, you know, if, uh, you know, if he's going to put more features in the game. And I'll be like, yeah, I'll donate another 10, 20 bucks, whatever, you know. Yeah. So I think that'll probably happen. Well, that's awesome in my opinion yeah well i'm really i'm really looking forward to it man it's going to be one of those things where it's like yeah I, i'm hoping that not only does it come out but it comes out where i can play it you know what i mean right. Cause it's definitely definitely something yeah. i would like to see so yeah you and your your 720p uh monitor <laughs> your laptop <laughs> well i mean but see that's the great thing about this game right it shouldn't be too taxing it shouldn't these, yeah it really you know shouldn't I mean? you yeah. you would think hopefully it's it's yeah. not going to be too taxing on your on your hardware but um you know we'll see looks great though all the art uh, like i said uh like i've said several times now go over uh, guys head over to kickstarter check that out um also head over to gamingrebellion.com and check out zach's interview with greg johnson's really awesome article so and we have a video format of it as well. So yeah, two hours. <laughs> two hours. <laughs> it was a long. Yeah, it was a long interview, but it was a lot of fun. Ah, cool. Well, well yeah. it will all be in the description when we uh, post this video. Cool. Um, well, guys, that's bring us to the end of the show. Um, but before we go, we should, uh, you know, let's talk about, you know, a little bit about what we've been playing. Because uh, you know, the reason why I'm bringing this up because of what Nate was playing last night. You know, <laughs> um, so real quick, you know, uh, I start off with I'm just gonna start off with Nate myself here. Um, <clears throat> I've been playing um, a game called uh, Ingress. It's uh, I don't know if you guys if, have you guys heard of that. I don't think so. No. I, I, I what little you've told me about it, but go ahead. Uh, it's it's a um, so it's a it's a it's like a Easter hunt, as my girlfriend would call it, but. but uh, I should say, like, no, a scavenger hunt. So, you, like, it's a game you download for your phone. It's completely free. It's uh, it, it was Android first. It's it's made by Google actually, and um, it you just go out and you find these little landmarks that have these things called portals, and you just like you hack them through your phone. You can either hack and then you deploy these things called resonators to like protect them. And torrents and all this other crazy shit. I know it sounds uber nerdy and <laughs> stupid stuff. It sounds like Watch Dogs, but like real life real version life. of Watch Dogs. You, you know can't, what I mean? Like, that's the thing. And probably not, more fun. <laughs> it's probably. actually a lot of fun. Um, and you can't play the game um, from your home. You can't sit in your, in your chair and play yeah. this. You have to actually leave. You have to walk to the destination. You get in your ah, car. You know, so it encourages you to get out and actually, I mean, 
it looks kind of weird. You stand in front of a church and you just kind of sitting there with your phone, just staring at the like, you know, just tapping away. So people just looking at you, what the fuck are you doing? You know, but um, and like I said to you that when we when we first talked about this, man, it I just see this ending badly, man. It's just the pessimist <laughs> in me, I guess. But I see that I see you standing on a corner, right? And you're like hacking some dude's portal, and that dude is right down the street and he like knows that you're hacking his portal he's like hey what the fuck man street altercation going on because of this yeah i've actually yeah. i've actually cursed out loud and like on my bus ride home like you know because i get, you get notifications <laughs> you get notifications like such and such is attacking your portal. i'm like fucking hell it's like you know and i just started so i'm like level two and these guys like level eight so they're kicking my ass so um but me and my girl this is this is this totally this is t- totally a city. This is a city game, man. You could yeah. not play this type of game where I'm at, or probably where Nate's at either. No, I, I, <laughs> that's what I said. Also, I was like, you try to play that in the country, and you go stand yeah. in front of somebody's house. Like, yeah, I'm just got. That's a shotgun. Okay, I'm gonna walk away from here. <laughs> I mean, so so far, quite honestly, so far, like I've I haven't like done any portals that's like related to somebody's personal home. It's it's always like a business or like a bank or some some shit. Like it's always something public. It's never like. A person's home. I don't think I would like go to those places if, even if they had them. But uh, but yeah, I've been playing. English. See, I would but deliberately like, put up. You mentioned. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned while well, you're on the bus, and I'm thinking I can't tell you the last time I rode a bus, man. It's like <laughs> I, I just I, right? it's just not something not something that's in my life. You know, I drive everywhere because everything is so far. You know, I can't. Me and my wife take a walk every day and it's it's like a two mile walk just around our neighborhood man we can't there's nowhere else to walk that's within walking distance you gotta walk 10 miles yeah. you know to yeah. get somewhere so people in this the game sounds really cool but understand mass transit yeah like, yeah we don't get it we exactly. we're just like yeah. subway bus system what yeah, no, i got a car yeah, i don't yeah, need no, that it's, I'm it's, good. It's, <laughs> down here. it's pretty packed here in new york city like everybody's on top of each other pretty much and that's why a lot of people are so angry in the subway all the time um but yeah that's what i've been playing and so, I just I, have to say, really quick, like, I would totally be an asshole in that game and just, like, deliberately go to businesses that have very clear no loitering or solicitation signs <laughs> and make people stand outside that every time they wanted to do my portal, so that way they just, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I would just be an a-hole. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not even sure, like, at what level you would have to be to um, create a portal, but, um, you know, I, I've seen someone who is, like, a level... 15, so I guess then at that point I'd probably do it, but I'm so far behind. Who knows? We'll see. But, yeah, that's what I've been playing. So, what about you, Nate? Um, well, like you kind of said last night, I, uh, I just got Final Fantasy Type-0, which came with the Final Fantasy 15 demo, and um, been playing both of those the past couple days. Um, they've been really cool, man. Like I said, they, they, like I was telling Zach kind of before the show, they really have changed the just fundamentals of the combat system in a Final Fantasy over the years. I mean, you've seen this progressive change. Um, it didn't go from turn-based to action all at once. Uh, it's something that you saw gradually, like in Final Fantasy 13, 13, 2. Um, but now it's totally action-based um, and I love, I love Final Fantasy 15 so far. The demo that I've, the, you know, the demo that came with it, um, been loving it. The camera is really wonky. They got a couple of things that they got to work out. And like we were kind of talking about with Toe Jam and Earl, 
a demo's a demo. Things could definitely change by the time the final product comes out. So it's not something that's set in stone. Um, but the cameras is kind of wonky in in um, Final Fantasy 15. I will have to go and say that. But um, other than that, it's been awesome. I've also been on a Telltale kick here recently. Wolf Among Us, um, Walking Dead Season Two. Uh, Game of Thrones. Haven't really. I haven't even given Tales of Borderland a chance yet. But that's simply because I have my own prejudices against it, I guess. Uh, but uh, he hates you know, handsome I, Jack. <laughs> well, no, I just you know I don't see like the whole thing with Borderlands is it's a first-person shooter that the only dialogue in the game is there simply. You listen to it while you're going from A to B or while you're picking up a quest, and it's usually funny, and it usually is really quick, and then you're back out shooting and looting. You know what I mean? And yeah. with Tales of Borderland, it's like, uh, see, every Telltale game, they, they usually tell these really dramatic, really, you know, makes you think, makes you want to pick the right choice. And I don't know if I would get that seriousness from it. You know what I mean? Like, it, I don't know. I, I guess I would have to watch more gameplay on it, but... um Anyway, been loving, you know, been loving all that, you know, so. Nice yeah. That's <laughs> my kitty. He's a kitty. Yeah, this is one of my kitties. Oh, you know. nice. Cool. Say hi, Mocha. We say hi. We just say hi. Yes, what what, have, what have Zach and Mocha <laughs> been playing recently? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, it's funny because me and Nate, before the show, were talking about uh, JRPGs, and I was actually trashing JRPGs mostly. But the funny part is I'm playing a JRPG right now. <laughs> There's oh, a good the reason. mighty have fallen. <laughs> yes, they have. This is the first – it's the first – well, I played, I played Nino Kuni a couple years ago, and that's what kind of turned me off. I was like, I'm done with JRPGs because oh, I – really? Nino Kuni, I love Nino Kuni. Screw you, dude. I got so I got so tired of it, man. Yeah, the art style was great. It was it was funny, and you know, but the characters weren't all that interesting, and it just got so tedious. It is but anyway. Long. It is long. Yeah, it was way too long. Yeah, anyway. Way too long. Go ahead. And the, the amount of grinding it took. <laughs> yes. I'm playing playing a game called Pierre Solaire, which is a uh, I talked about it in my interview with Greg. Um, it's a new Sega Genesis game. Um, Believe it or not, there, there's a company called Watermelon Games. I'm going to be interviewing uh, the guy over there actually in the next couple of weeks. Um, but they produce wow. they produce they produce new Sega Genesis games, um, wow. full cart cartridge, everything. And this was a, 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 a JRPG style game made from the ground up. And it came out in 2010, but they uh, reissued it um, because the eBay prices were getting ridiculous. You know, people wanted it. And I just got my copy in from the reissue a couple days ago, and that's what I've been playing. And it's real, it's a lot of fun. I'm actually having a lot of fun with this JRPG. Maybe it's just the, the fact that I'm like, oh, my God, I'm playing a new Sega Genesis game. This is crazy. Maybe it's just that, but, you know, it's it a lot of fun. Be. It could be. I mean, it's part of it brings part, you into it. You know? Yeah, part of it is that it reminds me of the first time I played uh, Final Fantasy, uh, Final Fantasy, well, 2 four, whatever. That was my first introduction to JRPGs when I was about 11 years old. So it kind of reminds me of that. I feel like I'm kind of revisiting that. So that's probably why. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's cool. Having a good time. It's amazing when you play a game that you get some retro factor from something that you just loved as yeah. a kid. And that's what draws you into that game. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. That's why this is what we were talking. The retro stuff is making such a comeback now. And it's actually feasible for a company to produce games for a, a system that's been dead for 20 years, you know, it's like, it's just kind of mind-blowing when you think about it. <laughs> you have to wonder who, like, the first, like, person, uh, the first company that got the, the order for wholesale, like, to make these cartridges yeah, to make and these stuff, cartridges, they have to be yeah. like, 
Yeah, what? Are you sure? <laughs> you wanted to You're sure. Sega Genesis. This is not this is not a typo. <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah. But that's yeah, awesome. It's, it's man. crazy, yeah. man. Yeah. They're also they're working on a Super Nintendo game also, I guess. They're starting a Super Nintendo game and another Sega Genesis game that's gonna be a brawler, like an old uh, Final Fight Streets of Rage type of game. So very cool stuff, man. So if you guys take anything from this, you guys need to go out and, like myself, I need to go out and get a Genesis, get a Super Nintendo, get all the other older consoles that are missing before they get jacked up in price because that's where it's about. They're, they're, already, they're already heading there, man. You yeah. can't even go to the flea market and find a NES for less than 50 bucks, man. It's ridiculous. <laughs> At the flea market, you know. Crazy. So, right. so, yeah. Cool. That's pretty much all. It's pretty much all I've been playing until Bloodborne, so... Oh, Bloodborne. It's coming. It's coming next week. <laughs> I got to finish Pierce Solaire before that comes out. <laughs> My PS4 is sitting in the box unopened. It's sad. It's I'm, waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting for a reason to open it. It's uh, the, the Bloodborne is a PS, PS4 exclusive? PS4 only? exclusive, yep. That's why I, otherwise, I, I, otherwise, I would have I just got it on, a PC, on the PC. You, know? you got to be yeah, one of the that's kids what to get a PS4, would. man. That's yeah. what I would have gotten it on. But anyway, yep. <laughs> all right, let's bring the show to a close here, fellas. Um, so, what have we learned today? People are always late to stuff. I don't know what's going. on. Nah, I'm stop playing. That's Australian people are crazy. Cool <laughs> suits. Yeah. There are real life superheroes. <laughs> yes, and yeah. they actually look pretty badass. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um, Phoenix, yeah. Uh, Phoenix Jones. Phoenix looks, looks badass, man. He does. Yeah. Him, him, and his wife looks looked really badass. Yeah. Um, you know, and if you go to Australia, you know, make sure you get your carbon fiber suit. It's going to have hit points. Um, <laughs> go to the Toe Jam and Earl Kickstarter and donate your money. Yes. Now. Like, give Greg right some money, please. Yes. Yeah, please head on over to Kickstarter and do that immediately. Anyway, um, thank you guys for watching the show. And, um, you know, be sure to follow us and, you know, everything you need to know about this will be on the um, – the Pondry Nerds website and uh, we now will, Gaming Rebellion website. Now yeah. Gaming Rebellion as well. Um, <laughs> yep. um, so. We'll be up there, you know, or fancy with our Nate's nice, um, you know, banner. It's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be an interesting matter, I would say. Uh, definitely think about there. joining the community It'll, while you're there. Yeah, so. definitely. Um, yes. Yeah, if you got content you want promoted, anything, let's play videos. Uh, if you want to write a blog, whatever you want to do, we got the community and, you know, we promote it for you. So. You could even end up right here to talk about it. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> you can harass Nate if you want to. It'll be awesome. yeah. hey, <laughs> make fun of the ginger. Everybody else does. Just, you know. um, so. And we're on, we're on Stitcher now, right? Um, Stitcher yes. is still, they, they're giving still me. Still pending? They're like, they're, yeah, the, the whole thing is pending. They're like, okay. something to do with the website. They're like, oh, they're not friends or some shit. I don't know what's going on with that, but I'm trying to remedy that is, that issue. Is so we, we will be up there very soon. Yeah. Very soon. Yeah. So, so um, thank you guys for tuning in. As always, we love you all gamers out there. We love all the nerds out there. And uh, see you in the next episode. Bye. Peace. Later.